last time on the Zach on the Represent Baker podcast by Represent by wait by Zachary Baker, we talked about the direction of congressional debates and where I think it's ultimately heading in a worse direction, but it's still a great event. But this time, I've decided that since in the last episode I talked a lot about me liking congressional debate, or that's not what congressional debate's about. Just referencing that, I decided this episode should be more about what I like, how I feel about congressional debate, and why I think it's such a great event in the first place. So, my first thing I guess I should talk about for congressional debate is why I liked it to begin with. I like congressional debate for, I started liking it when I was like a beginner for a couple of reasons. It's easy to try. There's no barrier to entry, really. There's no real gatekeeping in the event. I mean, you always have, like, other students who kind of, like, you know, don't really care about you or whatever because you're new. Or, like, other competitors kind of aren't exactly the most respectful to you sometimes. And that's just how some people are. And that's, you know... It's, it's a high school competition. What do you expect? You know? And that's all right. But there isn't really any barrier to entry outside of, you know, a few weird faces from time to time. And you know, learning some of the jargon and rules. I mean, that's a little hard to understand. But if we're comparing, you know, Congress to LD or CX, it's really e- a lot easier to get into Congress than it is to get into, you know, LD. And to an extent, I would say PF is a little bit harder to get into than Congress. Even though, but that, even though PF is supposed to be another easy event to get into, but I think that's only because in Congress you have a lot of other competitors that guide you through the debate round, even if you don't really know what's happening. And there's usually at least one person that does that, in my experience. And in more high-level rooms, you know, if you're like a novice that's put into that room, you'll be fine, not knowing everything. But going off of that, there's no real barrier to entry. And it's it's three-minute speeches that you can just write down and read off of if you want to. You know, it's, it's very, like, the fact that it's three minutes, it's all supposed to be conversational-style speaking. And the fact that you can read off of it are all things that help new debaters with things that they're struggling with. You have infinite prep time. You can read off of it in case you get like kind of nervous. And it's conversational. So you're not supposed to use a lot of jargony words. And you're supposed to give a speech... And either it can, like, as a Congress member would give a speech or give the speech in a way that's like two people having a conversation. So that's ultimately a good thing that creates a low barrier to entry. And that's why I like the event or started liking it to begin with. But another great thing that's kept me staying with the event is the social aspect. I've made dozens and dozens of friends in Congress. There's, you always meet 
at least eight or something people per round, half the most of the time, unless it's you know a round of like eight people, then you know pretty much everyone in there. But that's besides the point. But as far as congressional debate goes, it's a very it's the most social event. You're constantly talking to people about the docket or what you're going to do in the round, or just having a good time. When an LD, you know, you can have a competitor that's a cool guy, but you're not going to have 15 competitors, and 10 of them are going to be good guys. You know? In an, L- in an LD tournament, you can meet three competitors, and all of them can be brick walls. Not to say I'm not, not to say that I am, but I'm just saying, you know, LD is way more hit or miss if we're going to have a good time with another person. And as an extrovert, that's a pretty big deal for me. And kind of kind of a deal breaker for me for a lot of events. Because if I can't go somewhere and meet new people at a place where there's dozens of people around me, then at, at, or I guess I could just go out and meet whoever I really wanted to. But the fact that I am out, if it's not if it's a debate event that's not congressional debate, the fact that I'm constricted to being as professional as possible and not really trying to make friends with people is kind of restricting me as an extrovert from doing extroverted things. And that's kind of a pain. And in Congress, being an extrovert is really appreciated. Being kind of spontaneous in the round is a good thing. And that's another thing about Congress that I really, really like. Is that spontaneous, one person's always building off of another. When one person says something against another person, there's always a person after that that says something about what that person said about another person. And it just keeps stacking up over 12, 16 people sometimes. And it just becomes a slaughter fest of people's arguments. One argument's talking about another argument, and another argument's talking about another argument, and you can't, that person that's having their argument attacked can't really respond to it, but it does allow another good debater to come up and take that argument down anyway. No argument's safe, but no person is safe. There's always a slightly bigger fish when it comes to debate or congressional debate. There's always going to be another speech after yours unless you're the last one. However, I think that there are some expectations with that that judges get confused. I might talk about this in a later episode a bit more. But my belief for this aspect of congressional debate is the last couple of speeches do not need to be crystal. In layman's terms, a crystal is a speech that only talks about other speeches in the round and, and like uses the evidence to talk from one side to talk about the other side and explain why one side's winning the debate. And I think it doesn't need to be a crystal. It needs to have a decent amount of refutation for sure. But it doesn't... It, it can still be a speech that brings... Some new evidence to the round. I don't think that's unfair. It's unfair to expect a person to not use new evidence that's really, really good in the final speech. In my opinion, I think it's unfair to that person who prepared that speech 
and past evidence that's really good, and I think we should value that evidence in congressional debate. And I think that speeches that are supposed to be are if someone has really bad presidents and has a had a really good sponsorship speech, I think they shouldn't have to change that speech completely. I don't think they should have to scrap that speech. And I think judges expect competitors to do that. I think they say, you know what? Screw the work you did for this speech. I want you just to talk about the round. I want you to explain. I want you to give basically a crystal. I want you to do a lot of refutation. That's all I want to see. But then again, sorry, judges also don't want you to have the same arguments again. So really, what do judges want in congressional debate? It's anyone's guess. Really, it is anyone's guess. No one knows. There is not a single congressional debate judge that is the same. None of them really know. Well, okay, the judges themselves know what they want. But you can put any two judges in a room together, and you'll have completely different opinions on what should have happened or should happen in the debate round of congressional debate. It is crazy. And I don't think other events are really that much like that, in my opinion. 